You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degman, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, what's going on? Hi, getting ready for a big signing day. Yeah, usually we'd be all uh, frazzled, right, getting all our (laughs) pre-writing done. Um, I have not, like, touched a single pre-signing day story, though, because uh, it is shaping up to be a very quiet one uh, for the Hurricanes. Um, obviously, after they finished the early signing period with a, I think they finished at number four, number five, depending on what rankings are, number three, maybe even in one of them. Top five class coming out of that signing date. Um, obviously, there was one big piece of news we were set to follow coming out of that early signing date with uh, Cormani McLean not signing. That drama sorted itself out, though, uh, about a week ago when he officially flipped to Colorado. So now we go into what is the traditional national signing day. Uh with pretty much nothing to keep an eye on. I mean, Miami has been making their overtures toward uh, five-star athlete Nicholas Harbor, although uh, he has never visited Miami. They were hoping to maybe get him down for a late official visit, but um, he's set to visit Oregon this weekend. uh, So it seems like they're probably out of time there, barring something really stunning. Um, Kane Sport reported uh, a couple of days ago that Miami is – bringing a three-star defensive tackle, Jamel Howard, uh, down for an official visit this weekend. Uh, Chicago-based prospect. Uh, mostly Big Ten schools on him. He's been kind of a Michigan lean for a while. Um, some some defensive tackle depth, with the, which I think makes sense for them to make a, a push for. But, uh, yeah, otherwise, I mean, we they obviously signed 20 – what was the final number? 24 on the early date? I've, I've had the 25. list up in front of me before. 25. Couldn't remember if Cormani was 25 or not. Uh, yeah, 25 on their early well, signing date. Um, um, now they, I mean, that's a full class. And so now we go into the traditional signing day with uh, not a whole lot to talk about. Uh, true, true, true. I, I, you know, I just Not that checked. it's a bad thing. We should say not that it's a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing for us. Yeah. But I don't know about for UM, but we, um, but it's, it's to be understood. Like you said last year, uh, last year, Mario was new. So yeah, was, they did get a couple of guys last year. Right. Um, I, I, in the, on the February uh, National Signing Day, whatever. We should call National Signing Day now Early Signing Day. That should be National Signing Day. But, yeah. uh, I, you know, I checked the, the recruiting ranking, so to speak, and it looks like uh, they went, uh, they're, they're, they're ranked sixth uh, with um, on three.com, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, yeah they're ranked sixth. Uh, they're ranked seventh now with two four seven, 
and uh, ESPN that dropped them from third to fifth. So, um, yeah, that's the, that's not shabby. I I, I mean, yeah, they'll, t- they'll finish seven. right around there, which obviously, uh, unless other, I guess, unless other, I don't, I don't know, David. How yeah, I mean, a couple other people will sign, but I mean, you look at just the list of top recruits around the country. They've already. Uh, Miami is not an outlier in that they have no one they're going right. after. There are only three five-star recruits uh, still unsigned, uh, only two uncommitted. Uh, Cormani obviously committed to Colorado. We'll sign with them, we think, uh, next week. So it's just Nicholas Harbor, um, and uh, there's a Deuce Robinson, a, a five-star tight end. Those are the only five-star commits five-star players uncommitted they might i'm looking through the 24 7 composite rankings how about Jaden? Jaden rashada is the uh, the only and then you've got Jaden rashada roger pleasant mm-hmm. um are the only other top 100 recruits not committed so going yeah. into signing day the day that used to be the day when all the stuff Big happened day. right um obviously it's not been like that for a while this year more than ever though it feels like it's kind of a dead signing date where you've only got Four of the top 100 uncommitted going into the next week and uh, only five even unsigned. So, uh, right. yeah, there's there's not going to be a lot of news really for anyone. Miami's going to finish right around. I think they're like barely ahead of Ohio State. So maybe Ohio State could pass them. Um, but they'll be top the 10. Services, they'll but be they'll top be top 10. 10 and I mean, um, you said, is it good for UM that they're not in on anyone going into signing day? I, I kind of think it is because, you know, obviously they would love to, add like Nicholas Harbor or Cormani McLean tomorrow if they could or next week <laughs> if they could. Yeah. But um they I think Mario is very happy to have pretty much all of his 2023 recruiting done a month ago. Um yeah me too. And you know with Mario there might be a surprise. Yeah exactly. He does like all all the coaches I mean Manny Diaz did that too, you know, just throw in a surprise on uh signing day or something like that. But who knows? Or a trans well although honestly david those guys anybody decent wants to be there for spring right and and if you sign now i don't think you can be there for spring so i mean yeah well we'll we'll see yeah it's um I, i think you see the benefits of that um the early signing we saw it last year too honestly and and again this weekend um Every year, the uh, battle seven on seven Miami, the Miami tournament is one of the first stops. Um, last, it was right around the same time last year. And Miami turned it into a huge uh, visitors weekend. It, they had like literally hundreds of 20. Last year was 2023, 2024, 2025 kids. This year, obviously, 24, 25, 26. Um a lot of local kids, but also a lot of, you know, that was, I'm pretty sure the first time Jaden Rashada visited was for that. Um, so it's, has been, it's good for Miami to be able to put their full focus on the next recruiting cycle by the time that, uh, by the time that it comes around, which is typically right now around the end of January. So like I said, I mean, obviously if there were, so the, I mean, Obviously, it would be different if more guys decided to wait, right? That's the big thing is that guys are just deciding not to wait. Part of that is everyone, like you said, wants to get there for spring. So guys want to graduate early, sign early. Um, and sure. even if they don't sign early, enroll in January. Um, and I, I think just coaches, players, rightly or wrongly, 
feel like they have to sign early now, right? Because uh, if, especially if you want to go to a school like Alabama or, or Georgia or, you know, Miami to an extent, um, obviously coaches will wait for a certain caliber of player, but for maybe that next year down, like if a, you know, like if the number 80 player in the country, let's say he's a defensive end, says to Nick Saban, like, I want to wait until February to sign, Nick Saban will say, take your time, but we're not holding that spot open for you. So um, more than ever, we're obviously seeing that the late signing date is kind of dead. We'll see if it changes. I wouldn't be surprised if we swing back at some point. I know coaches don't mm-hmm. love the early signing period, uh, particularly the national championship contending coaches, because that signing day happens right in the middle of when they're getting ready for their big bowls. Um, True. And also just, we've saw obviously the Jaden Rashada situation and the way NL and NIL can affect um, the way that these recruitments happen. I, I think players are gaining more leverage, which could let them wait longer to make their decisions. Obviously, as long as guys early enroll, that will always mean a certain number of guys are, are signing early. But mm-hmm. uh, this year, more than ever, as I've said, like there's not a whole lot of big storyline. Obviously, the Jaden Rashada storyline has become a huge storyline. Um, and, you know, Nicholas Harbor is uh, one of the most fascinating prospects to ever come out of high school. And Cormani provided some drama, but there, it's really a short list of like big storylines to follow in terms of the class of 2023 and the work recruiting world going into February 1st. Yep, it, it is. I mean, there's not much more to say about that. Yeah. And it's interesting for Mario, especially because, uh, well, the other the other component of this is the transfer portal, right? Um, teams. Yes. You want to, well, one, you want to sign guys early so you know what your roster is going to look like, right? You know what you need to go after in the portal. They all obviously work in conjunction with each other. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, obviously Mario came here and his the biggest, his greatest strength, it's no secret, is his recruiting ability. And he particularly is recruiting at the high school ranks. Um, and I don't think the shift from the, uh, Nat traditional national signing day to the early signing date affects him or any recruiters really too much. Honestly, maybe as my Miami is trying to build, it gives him a little bit of advantage. Cause as I said, you know, Georgia and Alabama are, are we're, we're busy in uh what was signing day this year, December uh, 21st, I think something like that. Uh, yeah. December 21st, like those guys were busy, Georgia, you know, Kirby smart was busy that week. Um, yeah, I, but I think the, it's interesting to see how the transfers are going to affect what Mario Cristobal is going to be here at Miami because um, he has never built his team through the transfer portal uh, in a way. You know, Manny Diaz obviously was, I think, ahead of the curve on that uh, for better or ill. I mean, ultimately it didn't work out. But uh, it's interesting that Mario was brought in because he's this great team builder and he's a great team builder because he did it through the uh, high school recruiting and now now really what you almost see is you've got the high school recruiting happens in December and then it's transfer season so um and then, you, I, and I then you Mario plug just like a lot of coaches yeah. is probably figuring out how to balance this whole thing yeah so, I mean I it, Mar- it's the same with all the coaches really they, right. they they've got to augment the recruiting signing early signing day with whatever transfers they can get because they know that the second signing day now is nil yeah nobody nobody 
you know, hardly anybody's signing. So, you know, so for example, Mario has, has gotten eight, uh, eight scholarship transfers, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, and he's lost. I know I said this last week, people say he hasn't lost, he hasn't lost those, however many guys, uh, 19 guys. And yeah. he's gained eight. He's gained eight with Robert scholarship players, and then one the linebacker from Duke, uh, who's a walk on. Walk on. Yep. But you got to see what you get signing day, and then you augment it with these other kids. And a lot of them enter the portal late. You know, they enter the portal late. Um, yeah, I mean, you have what it's forty five days from the end of, um, the conference championship weekend. And, and, then, and and exactly, and, and then it reopens again for 15 yeah. days, beginning May 1st. Yeah, uh, and obviously a lot of guys went in right away, but 45 days from the end of that is like, that was like a week ago. <laughs> like, it's a it's a longer window that I think people like kind of realized at first. Yeah, I and you, yeah, there's different tactics that people use, but um, again, we'll we'll see. I, it's interesting that some coaches probably are getting like package deals with siblings, brothers, that could, you know, could affect how the, the the younger kid, you know, wants to come, or or the, or even the even the transfer, right? Like the like yeah. the cornerback, like Brown, Devonte Brown, the, the Browns, the Mountainers, right? Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. Those are interesting ones where I kind of feel like almost the younger kid helped Miami get the, especially in the Mountainers situation, like. If Francis wasn't coming to okay. Miami, I don't think Francisco was coming across the country from Washington State to Miami. Um, no, I think the Browns sure. were a little bit more like getting them both helped get the other, but it wasn't like one first versus the other. But um, sure. yeah, so we should say Miami, a couple more transfers in the last week. Terry Roberts, uh, a cornerback from Iowa. Cameron McCormick, mm-hmm. a.k.a. the Van Wilder of college football, uh, coming from Oregon, uh, tight end who will be playing his eighth season uh, of college football. Um, you know, really kind of two – Depth pieces, I would say more than you know, they've obviously gotten some pretty big splashes, particularly along the offensive line. We talked about uh, a couple of weeks back. Um, but yeah, it's in, like you're seeing. So when Mario got hired last year, as we said, they I think they, I want to say they got five kids at the late five high school kids at the traditional signing day. They got uh, Trevante Citizen was obviously the big splash. Then uh, they also got Inez Cooper, who obviously helped Miami quite a bit this year. Uh, Matthew McCoy, another offensive lineman. And um, Ahmed Ahmad Moten from Cardinal Gibbons, a defensive lineman. And I think what we've seen for the most part, the second signing day turn into, obviously there are a handful of stars that wait, have that kind of leverage, can afford to do that. But for the most part, you're seeing teams basically, they're, they're, they know their classes aren't done on December 21st or whatever day it is in a particular year, but they want the real foundation to be done. You want to have 22 of your 25 and then you go out in the second signing date and, uh, you know, maybe find a couple under the radar guys, like guys who emerged late or just starting to pick up offers um, or something happened with their old school and they couldn't sign, like they get dropped or whatever at the last minute. And and you like them more than their old school, like them Um, obviously. And I, I think what you're seeing, is also that's happening to an extent with the transfers, right? Where a lot of the big transfers come off the board early. And then now, then you're seeing Miami go get a guy like Terry Roberts who will help at, you know, he's not 
not as flashy a name or as accomplished a name as a guy like Devontae Brown, but will certainly help at a position where they need some depth. Cameron McCormick, the same way, a guy who's been around for a long time, has not compiled a whole lot of statistical production. But in a young tight end room, they feel like they need another an older guy with Will Mallory going out. He helps you there. So um I, I, I guess that's I guess that's my big thought as we go into this second signing date. Is it's it is kind of like the B date now, but um that doesn't mean it's not still important in terms of roster building. Yeah, I mean I agree. And it, the last thing I'll say on a signing day stuff is you know, now that and we talked about this last week, now that Jake Garcia has mm-hmm. transferred. I think they would have loved to get a, another quarterback, but yeah. um, I don't think, uh, I mean, look, unless there's some kind of surprise, that would be highly unlikely. I, it doesn't, I don't think they would just want to get anybody. So I, maybe they, they, they might've, they might be getting already a, a walk-on like a preferred walk-on or something yeah. like that. So anyway, we'll see what yeah, happens. I mean, they could do that. And as you said, there is a, another transfer window coming in May that is after spring and there will quarterback yes, is a position exactly. where there will always be names in there because a guy will lose a position battle or something or be stuck way down on the depth chart. And, True. And there might uh, be more uh, uh, May. Yeah. It'll be after spring, you yeah. know, there'll be some transfers and stuff. So we'll see, we'll see then. Yeah. So there'll, there'll be a place to add there. Um, but yeah, for now we're going into signing day. It's going to be pretty quiet, but we'll obviously have it covered for you guys. We'll, we'll see what Miami's going to even do. I mean, it'll be, uh, usually Mario does a press conference on signing day, but they might not have anyone to sign. So we'll, we'll see what happens. It could be quiet as we said, but, um, a couple storylines that we'll be keeping an eye on. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, we want to wrap up real quick, uh, following up on the Ed Reed story developments. Um, last week when we talked, he had put out a video. There was a little bit of a drama, uh, kind of unhappy with his early days at Bethune-Cookman, um, saying they didn't even clean his office when he got there. Uh, like, I haven't even signed the contract. And uh, now here we are a week later, um, and... He is no longer set to be the coach at Bethune-Cookman. Obviously, it devolved really quickly 
uh, very disappointing, obviously, for us who were excited yeah. to see him. Um, and I, I don't have a ton to add to this story other than it's it's disappointing. Yeah, very disappointing. Um, I'm still I'm still an Ed Reed fan. I've been I've been following all the drama on Instagram yeah. and, and all his live videos. And um, yeah, Deion Sanders was on his live when he met with his team on Saturday. I watched that live, uh, and um, he addressed them saying that it, to tell them it wasn't true that he did that he said he didn't want the job. He wanted the job, but they didn't want him anymore. Uh, after the after the after the golf cart uh, live, Ed likes to do a lot of live videos. He um, does. Yeah, he really does. Like, from golf carts too is like one of he, his signature moves. Yeah, I, I would talk to him sometimes in the golf cart in a UM golf cart. Cart, you know, he likes golf. <laughs> right. Cart. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I I would see him hanging out in the golf cart. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah, I'm really disappointed. And uh, yeah, really disappointed. And I, I, God, I hope he does well. He has a lot of fans. There are a lot of people behind him. I'm not sure what happened with, they had a, supposedly all the kids uh, had a um, uh, protest and I, I haven't followed that as closely, but um, <laughs> I, I don't know if this season will be it for him. I'm not sure what's going to happen with him. I'm sure he's not going to come back to you. I can't imagine him coming back to UM. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with Ed, uh, but I still think he'd be a great coach. I just, he's He's, and I love that. He's honest. Everything yeah. he says is honest. I for love good and that. Bad, he is honest. Yeah. For good and bad. Sometimes you have to weigh what you're saying, but I mean, I, I do love that. He speaks the truth in my opinion. Uh, so anyway, uh, and, you know, the idea, by the way, and this kind of has to do with that on Monday, UM announced uh, the ACC, we said this announces the schedule for 2023, the football schedule for all of the ACC teams. Uh, and we do know, we do know the, you know, the teams we've already written that we've said that, that UM or UM's playing for the first, usually we don't know, David, till the right. day they announce the schedule, but we know now. Um including that including the non uh conference teams but we don't know what day so that what day what dates they're playing them so it'll be very interesting to see when well we kind of know we know the uh non-conference dates but yes we know those first four games we talked about a couple maybe that might have been yeah, too. Bethune, on a thursday yeah. Texas a&m at home miami versus miami right. they go up to temple but- but Thune Cookman um, is the is the uh, yeah yeah is the last non conference I oh no uh, it's no not. Temple's after Temple's, Temple's after but Bethune Cookman is just uh, Thursday night we'll we'll talk about that more in uh, September fourteenth and September twenty third at Temple um, in Philly but after that who knows yeah uh, it's obviously the first so year with the no last divisions no divisions including they travel we know they travel to fsu you know yep travel to and, fsu and Clemson comes down to, here there's some there's some good games on the schedule yeah. travel um, to north carolina we get to go to boston college right to, to cam's father's uh deli and yeah. <laughs> uh and um north carolina state also is away so um we'll see we'll see where it lands 
Yeah, well, I I'm looking you're... forward. I'm looking forward to 2024 when we go up to Syracuse. I... Syracuse in the snow, yay! So I, I I've covered games. I've covered games. There is. Do they play in the same place? In the in the J. Well, it's called the JMA Wireless Dome now. But yes, they play in the oh, dome. They redid it a couple be... years ago. I went up there for a game a couple years ago after they redid it. What, what uh, was it called before? When the I Carrier to... Dome. It was oh, the Carrier, the carrier Dome. Carrier. It was. I I actually did not like covering games there because you're out in the. It's like the yeah, boiler. and it gets loud. Right. Yes, it gets it's loud. Really loud. You're with echoes. Yeah, you're with the fans, and uh, yeah, whatever. There were some notable Miami Syracuse games there too. Some Donovan McNabb against uh, Miami. Some always uh, notable Donovan McNabb. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, right. that's that's going to be the news. That that'll be the news next week. And yeah, then... so we'll come back next week. We'll have a little signing day stuff to talk about, but I would guess we're going to probably dive a little bit deeper schedule wise, just because that'll be the news story. Yeah. Um, we know there's going to be news there. I'm excited. I'm, I mean, I'm excited just for the new format. Um, obviously we like won't really feel it quite like the, the fact that you right. play every team basically every other year. Um, we won't really feel that obviously for, like for that. a few years, but, um, I, I'm excited to get the first little taste of it this year. And, um, it's nice that you can like, like we can look four years out and know not these schedules, no, but know the opponents. Uh, they, I don't understand why they don't just put the schedules out. The Big Ten, you, they have the schedules out for like years already in the Big Ten. Wow. I like. I, I guess know. they like to make a drama. They, they like to put a little show on ACC Network and have uh, EJ Manuel come on and break it down or whatever. Yeah, Mark Rick. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, I think we can close things out there. Uh, you can follow Susan on Twitter at smilardegnan. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at dbwilson2. Obviously, we've got all your schedule and signing day stuff covered, but we've also got the Miami Marathon on Sunday, um, one of our uh, most chaotic days of the year. We'll be out out at uh, Bayside uh, early on uh, Sunday morning. Uh, That's that 4 a.m. wake-up call, 3.30 a.m. wake-up call. 3 a.m. wake-up call for me, dude. I get ready pretty quickly. Um, So if you're out running... Come say hi. We'll be around the we'll be around the start line and the finish line. Um, but yeah, that's always um an eventful day, and obviously uh and a lot of get, laughing. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Uh as you were saying last year's was the day they hired Josh Gaddis. Um, last year we, we had we were sitting in the in the media room <laughs> in the hotel and uh, it was very convenient. Last year we had uh Miami Marathon displayed on the front of the Miami Herald Sports and on the front of the paper, and then uh and then right next to it was Broyles Award winner, Josh Gaddis. Yeah. So we'll, uh, there, there, there's a, always seems like something comes up on Marathon Weekend. So, uh, yes, it does. Anyway, uh, thanks as always for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week. <laughs>